Welcome back to the Beef Up Front Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Coyle, joined alongside Kevin Walder as we dive into our last division series preview. We've gone through all AFC conference uh, teams, all NFC conference teams, and today we'll be diving in to the NFC West as this is our last division before we just do one more episode before uh, the NFL season kicks off. So I think the NFC West is going to be the Best division in football this year. Um, that's kind of been the talk around the league this offseason. Um, interested to hear what your standings are, as I think all four of these teams have a real chance to go to the playoffs uh, and contend for the division title. But welcome back, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, Ryan. Save the best for last there. All right. Uh, with that being said, you want to dive into your first place team in the NFC West? I'm intrigued to hear who you got. Yeah, so... You mentioned this on the previous episode that you had the Rams finishing first, um, and I am right there with you. I have the Los Angeles Rams going 12-5, and five, good 5-1 five and one in the division, good enough for the number one seed in the NFC. So um, offense grade, I give them an A. Uh, like you said, I think this is the hardest division in all of football, but I am locking in that the Rams will win it. I think this roster is a – a Super Bowl caliber roster, in my opinion. And it all starts in what they did with in the offseason, bringing in Matthew Stafford from the Lions. Uh, Stafford just seems like a guy who's been dying to be on a team with this much talent. And now the opportunity is his. Um, I'm really excited to see what Sean McVay can do with, with the talent of someone like Matt Stafford instead of having to carry Goff, which I feel like that was the the narrative over the past few years of what was going on in Los Angeles. Um, Woods and Cup are a fantastic duo of wide receivers, but they have a ton of depth there too. I was really impressed with the the depth on the depth chart at wide receiver. Van Jefferson had a solid rookie year last year. They brought in Deshaun Jackson, who yes, is hurt all the time, but when he's on the field, there's no doubt that he is a difference maker. And even the rookie Tutu Atwell, I think, could produce um, a little bit from this team if they need him to. So it was a tough injury with Cam Akers, obviously. Towards Achilles, he'll be out for the year. But Daryl Henderson is a good um, backup or a good replacement for him. And they also just brought in Sony Michelle from New England, who's been somewhat of a disappointment since he's been drafted from Georgia. But I think he can be better in this offense, behind this offensive line, and in this scheme. So... Yeah, the offense is an A. The defense, I also have an A. Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players in the league. You got Leonard Floyd coming off a 10-sack season as well. Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams are two of the top 10 cornerbacks in opposing opposing passer rating when being thrown at last year. I mean, they're just really solid everywhere on the defense. I don't have to go through and tell you that because this team by far and away finished as the best defense in the NFL last year. I think they'll be right back up there um, this year, this season as well. My coach grade, they also get an A. Uh, Sean McVay's luster has kind of fallen off over the past year or two, and I think that has more to do with the limitations of Jared Goff than limitations of Sean McVay. Uh, he's got a 46-24 and 24 overall coaching record. I think if I had to start a team right now, Sean McVay would – if not be my number one choice, he would be top three to, to have as my head coach. 
And my breakout player, I mentioned him a little earlier. I'm going to go with wide receiver Van Jefferson. Uh, he, like I said, he had a solid rookie year. I think that this offense is going to be somewhat pass-heavy, especially with that injury to Cam Akers. And um, Van Jefferson is a guy who's not going to have to face the number one corner on the opposing defense, maybe not even the number two corner on the opposing defense because of Cup and Woods. Um, so I would look for him to maybe be a, a productive fantasy option if you if you need a late-round running back or wide receiver, sorry. And then my two big games, I have week three versus the Bucks because I think those are the two best teams in the, in the NFC. And then I have week 18 versus San Francisco because I think the Niners are also going to be very good this year. And that is a game that could potentially decide the division in, in my mind. And what what was your record and, and their seed? I missed that at the beginning. They're 12 and 5, and that's the number one seed in the NFC. Okay. Yeah, so I got them at 13 and 4 in the one seed, uh, going 4 and 2 in the division. Their over under for VegasInsider.com is 10.5, so we both got the over there. I just feel like a bit hypocritical when I'm doing this because I've always been on the, I think Matt Stafford's a talented player, but I think he's been really given like a long leash and he's never won a playoff game in over 10 years as starting quarterback. And I know he hasn't had the the most help, but I mean, at one point he had the best wide receiver in football for like a five-year stretch with Calvin Johnson. So um, I mean, he's definitely an upgrade over Jared Goff. That's why I like it. But at the same time, I feel like I'm making them a Super Bowl favorite just by acquiring Stafford. And I don't know, he's never proved to really be that caliber of a player, but we'll see this year. Um, and I'm kind of just banking on him having a lot of, a lot more success here uh, under Sean McVay with these weapons than he ever did in Detroit. So uh, I'll get into my Rams take. As I said, 13-4, and four, that gets them the one seed. Um, offense, I give him a B-plus, big-time upgrade at the quarterback with Stafford. Um, but that's a big loss with Cam Akers. He was expected to be a Pro Bowl-caliber player this year, really flashed towards the end of last season. Um, but I think Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle can be an effective duo. And I think Robert – uh, Woods and Cooper Cup is a great duo, and they don't get enough credit. I don't think they're talked about enough as the top wide receiver duo in the league. If you look at their stats over the past few years, um, you can make a, a really strong argument that they've been the most productive duo. I love the Deshaun addition, mainly because when he's on the field, as, you're, as you were saying, Kevin, he is still effective. And you know now that he's out of Philadelphia, he's going to find a way to play like 11 or 12 games and be Matthew Safford's deep threat. And then that young that young receiver duo of Van Jefferson and Tutu, I think, are, are going to be two interesting players to watch this year as well. Uh, Tyler Higby, a solid tight end. Whitworth's, Whitworth's still a really good left tackle, despite his age. Um, but the rest of the line is more so just solid. There are a few question marks. And this offensive line really lacks depth. So especially if a guy like Whitworth goes down, um, that could derail this, this offense really quickly. Um, but with that Sean McVay scheme, I, I think uh, this offense has a lot of potential. Defense grade, I give him a B-plus as well. Arguably the best defensive player um, of the past 10 years, I think you could say, in Aaron Donald, either him or J.J. Watt. Um, and then they have the best corner, arguably, in the league as well, in Jalen Ramsey. So you, you put those two studs out there, uh, good things are going to happen. Leonard Floyd has gotten better since he's left Chicago. I think he's proven to be a reliable pass rusher now for the Rams. Um, and like you were saying, and just going across this depth chart, there's no real holes in this group. Um, they, la they lack depth though at certain spots on this defense just like the offensive line so this is a real top heavy roster um one or two big time injuries and, and their season could go downhill uh coach grade i gave mcveigh an a minus uh, a real elite offensive coach 
let's see what he can do with Matt Stafford. If if he really can get the most out of him, I think this offense will be able to take uh, the next the next step and potentially be a Super Bowl team. Uh, my breakout player, I went with Van Jefferson as well at wide receiver. Um, I think this he's he's one of the better route runners um, out of the young receivers, especially out of the guys who came out of the draft last year. He didn't really get much time last year, but I think this year he'll have an increased role and should be the, the steady wide receiver three. I think Deshaun's going to be and Tutu are going to be more in on, on special occasions. Uh, Van Jefferson is going to be the, the third receiver, I think, in their 11 personnel. Though. Week three versus the Bucks for one of their big games. Um, I think these are two of the top three teams in the NFC. Um, and then I got I got week 17 at the Ravens. I think that's a really good late season matchup between um, an NFC and AFC team that are going to have Super Bowl aspirations this year. And that's a game that could potentially decide whether or not one of these teams gets gets in the playoffs because Ravens are going to be battling. I mean, the Steelers are always tough, but the Browns look look to have a really good team this year. Um, and, and like we were saying earlier, this NFC West is really good. So that's a big, big late season uh, out of conference game that could potentially decide these two teams playoff fate. So uh, that's my take on the Rams for this year. So, Ryan, you mentioned the over under being 10 and a half. This team won 10 games last year and they bring in Matt Stafford instead of Jared Goff. That number seems a little low. And you low. add an extra game. That, that that seems a little low to me. What do you think? What do you make of that number only being 10 and a half? Uh, I think it, it could have something to do with like what I was saying with their depth. I mean, at some of their key spots. I mean, wide receiver, they have as much depth in the league, I think, as any team. But you look across that offensive line after Whitworth, if a guy goes down, that, that could be really bad. Um, the defensive line isn't that great either outside of Aaron Donald. So they, they've been they've been lucky and have been pretty healthy over the past few years. But if they have a, one or two big injuries, um, like, like we saw with the 49ers last year, their season could really go downhill fast. So um, maybe that's that's why. I mean, this is a very top heavy roster. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll move on to my second place team. Um, I'm interested to see who you have finishing second. I have the San Francisco 49ers finishing second, just behind the Rams. Actually, I have them going 11 and six, uh, three and three in the division, and they get into the playoffs as the sixth seed. So, my offense grade, I gave them a B plus. I think it's just slightly not as good as the Rams talent wise, but scheme wise, this roster fits really well to what they want to do. Um, just an offensive line that, that dominates other teams' defensive lines when it comes to the run game. Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey are a fantastic group of tackles. Uh, I think Raheem Mostert is one of the most underrated running backs in the league right now. He just doesn't get the amount of carries because Shanahan likes to rotate his backs in so much. But um, and, and I don't really think that'll change this year because they have Trey Sermon as well as Jermichael Hasty. Uh, undrafted rookie last year, I think, who I think has some pretty good talent as well. As well. So while the, while the wide receivers aren't big-name guys, um, like I said, I think it fits the scheme that Shanahan wants to run. Uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are both more like shifty after-the-catch yards guys. Um, and, of course, Kittle is a top-two tight end in the league. And, again, he fits their scheme with his um, like unique blocking ability, probably the best blocking tight end in the game. Um, and I don't know, I haven't mentioned the quarterback yet in this offense just because I'm not, I'm ready to see Trey Lance right now, but I don't know when he's going to come in just because Shanahan has been so good with Garoppolo. 
And I have no doubt that this team could finish 11-6 and six with Garoppolo. But I am all for the Trey Lance hype train. I think that he he is he's he may be the next Mahomes level talent um, in, wow. in my eyes. Uh, just I've watched a couple like I've watched some film on, and I really like what I see. Um, my defense grade, I gave him a B plus as well. Uh, big loss on the sidelines, obviously losing Robert Sala to the Jets. We'll see how much that impacts this group. Ryan D'Amico Ryan's the new defensive coordinator. Uh, we all remember him as the captain of the Eagles defense uh, when he was here as a linebacker. So I think he may have the, the leadership traits and football smarts to be a good coach, just from what I remember when he was in Philadelphia. Um, it seems like that would translate well to a, a coaching job in my mind. Um, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and D Ford film a solid group of defensive ends. I'll mention another person a little later on that defensive line. Uh, Fred Warner is a great linebacker, but there is a question when I look at the cornerback uh, spot. They just had to sign Josh Norman yesterday, and I don't trust that Josh Norman will be effective at his age or athleticism. Uh, they're hoping the defensive line will be good enough where they don't really have to worry about that as much. Uh, my coach grade, I gave him an A-. minus. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's history is very weird. You look at his record with Garoppolo, it's 22-8, and eight, and without him, he's 7-26. and 26. That's a very like drastic difference that may be because he was there early without Garoppolo and those rosters weren't as good, but um, I appreciate to, I appreciate Shanahan's commitment to running the ball and the success that he's had over the past few years. Seems like he's kind of zigging where everyone else is zagging and it's, it's worked big for this 49ers team. And my breakout player, uh, I mentioned another player on the defensive line. The only name that I haven't mentioned yet, Javon Kinlaw. He's going into his second year out of South Carolina. Uh, he's had some injury questions, but the talent is all there. And he's playing against all those great pass rushers. I could see Kinlaw having a big year this year. And my two big games, I went with week three versus the Packers. Just because those are two historic. I mentioned uh, the Saints and the Packers yes, or yesterday on the NFC South preview, but 49ers Packers is about as historic a NFC matchup as you could have. And then I went with week 13 at Seattle because it seems like those those NFC West in division games are always pretty crazy, uh, especially when they have Seattle in the mix. It seems like uh, no doubt that'll probably be like a one score game that comes down to the last play or something like that. All right. Well, I did not have the 49ers in second out. I didn't – when I was doing this, I thought this would be the team either in third or fourth place. Um, but I actually have the Cardinals in second place. I had them – I think I had them maybe winning the division last year, if not in second place. Yeah. But I have them at 11-6, and 3-3 three and three in the division. That gets them the five seed. Their over-under is eight and a half, so I'm taking the over there. This is a, a really polarizing team. I think this is a team that is going to win either, like I have 11, maybe even 12 games, or be like a seven or eight win team. This is the definition uh, of a boomer bust group. But I'm going to give this offense a B plus. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. I think he hasn't gotten enough credit through this offseason for how good he was at the beginning of the season last year. Then he had that shoulder injury, and it really just nagged on, and he was trying to play through it, um, but was re- never really healthy for the rest of the season after that. That could be something to watch this year uh, if he takes some big blows and gets some big hits, how he responds to it. But I remember the, over the first half of last season how effective he was with his legs. 
when it came to sliding or just getting out of bounds, avoiding contact, he has to make sure to do that this year um, and, and maybe just be more of an effective uh, passer from the pocket, see if he can grow that aspect of his game to limit the amount of hits he takes. But this is a loaded, loaded offense weapons-wise. I mean, you have a top-five receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Probably, he's probably top two or three. Uh, Christian Kirk's a, has turned into a pretty reliable deep threat, I think. you got a really explosive weapon in Rondell Moore in the draft, who I think Cliff, Kern, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is going to use all over the formation. AJ, you sign A.J. Green. We'll see if he has anything left in the tank. But worst comes to worst, he's a big-body receiver, 6'3", 6'4". He's going to be a, a reliable red zone target, I think. That's that's a part of this offense that um, I think they were kind of missing outside of DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't really have another go-to guy down in that area of the field. So I think think he could help out down there. I, I like the running back duo. Definitely not one of the best in the league, but Chase Edmonds has shown some explosiveness throughout his career. Um, and James Conner, when he's when he's had a pretty solid good O line, he's been a pretty good inside runner. So that that's a decent duo. And then the offensive line is solid. You went out and got Rodney Hudson at center, who's on the last legs of his career, but still one of the better centers in the league. Um, this defense, uh, I was torn between a B or a B plus. I, I went with a B, um, a, a pretty good passers duo. If, if JJ Watt is able to stay on the field, him and Chandler Jones uh, should get between 20 and 25 combined sacks, I think, uh, and, and form one of the better pass rushing duos in the league. You have, I think the most athletic linebacking duo in Zayvon Collins first round pick this year out of Tulsa and Isaiah Simmons. Simmons had kind of a disappointing rookie year. We'll see if he can rebound and have a better year this year. But him and Collins are arguably already the two most athletic linebackers in the league together. So this could be a very good duo and really turn some heads, I think. Uh, Buda Baker, one of the better safeties in the league. Um, But the cornerback spot is a big question. You got Byron Murphy, who's a decent starter. Uh, Malcolm Butler was supposed to be the starting corner on the other side, but he retired in the all just a few weeks ago, actually, in, in training camp. So the secondary is definitely something to watch with this team that, that could hold them back. My breakout player, I'm going second-round pick out of Purdue, wide receiver Rondell Moore. Like I said, I think Coach Kingsbury is going to move him all over the formation. He's going to be a punt returner, a kick returner. A guy when who was on the field, when he wasn't battling injuries, was one of the better college football players in the country. So uh, if, if he can stay healthy, the Cardinals might have got to steal here. I skipped over this by accident. Coach grade. Um, I gave Kingsbury a C. I'm, I'm very worried about him. He was really one of the bigger head-scratching duos, or duos, excuse me, hires uh, coming out of Texas Tech after getting fired there, and then the Cardinals hired him. Um, we'll see what what he brings to the table in year three. Um, a lot of his offense was criticized for not really having much variation, and that was another reason why the Cardinals struggled down the second half because teams were able to figure him out. He wasn't really adapting much. Uh, so he needs to have a good year. His name is, is being floated around as on the hot seat. Uh, in two big games, I'm going week eight versus the Packers. Uh, I have both of these teams as playoff teams, so that could be a potential uh, playoff matchup down the line. Um, and, and it's a rematch of that really exciting playoff game probably six or seven years ago now uh, when Aaron Rodgers had that Hail Mary at the Cardinals. Um, and then we got week 14 versus the Rams, my my top two teams in the best division in football, in my opinion. So. Um, a, a home game there for the Cardinals. That'll be an important one to win and protect their home turf. All right. Well, Cowboy, or Cardinals finishing second. I have the Cardinals finishing third in this division. You mentioned them being a boomer bust team. I'm more on the bust side. However, I had them going nine and eight just because if you look at their schedule, 
their out-of-division uh, games are pretty favorable. They play the Vikings, who I'm a little down on, the Jaguars, um, obviously not that great. They play the Texans, they play the Panthers, they play the Bears, so play the Lions. So obviously a lot of games that they can pick up outside the division. They play the Cowboys, if you're not high on them. Um, they may be banged up at that point in Week 17. Um, but I gave them, actually... And that is good enough to make the playoffs. Um, they are the seventh seed, the final spot in the playoffs, going 9-8 and eight in the NFC. Um, I like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I gave the offense a B. But after that, there's not a lot of elite uh, talent on this side of the ball. You mentioned A.J. Green. I don't know how much you can count on him to be a, anything of a wide receiver, too. Uh, Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella are, are average wide receivers. Uh, you mentioned Rondell Moore. I'll talk about him. He was also my breakout player. Um, Chase Edmonds, I think he's always been a great backup running back. I don't know how he's going to be as the guy now. And James Conner is always just another injury risk. Um, they don't have anything of talent at the tight end position. Uh, pretty good offensive line. You mentioned they brought in Rodney Hudson. I thought that was a good move, underrated move of the offseason. Just an offense that I think will be good but not great. Um, mainly due to to them not having as much depth at the skill position players as I would like. Uh, My defense grade, I gave them a B as well. Similar to the 49ers, I like their front seven, but I'm not sure about the corners. Obviously, bringing in J.J. Watt this offseason, we'll see how much he still has left. Uh, Him and Chandler Jones look like a good duo. I really have the same thing that you mentioned. Zayvon Collins uh, paired with Isaiah Simmons, just really good athleticism, but unproven in this league so far. And Buda Baker is just an elite safety. Like the offense, a good, not great defense, in my opinion. Uh, my coach grade, I gave him, a, I gave Kingsbury a B minus, so a little bit higher on you. But that was just me, sort of being a little bit more kind because he hasn't had as much time in the league yet. Um, it seems like Kingsbury has always had a lot of flash and notoriety, or notoriety around his name, but it hasn't ever translated to winning anything. Um, he had a losing record in college at Texas Tech, finished 8-8 eight and eight last year. Just a guy who, he always seems to have positive things said about him, but I really want to see start seeing more winning to go along with those positive things. And my breakout player, like I mentioned, uh, wide receiver out of Purdue, Rondell Moore. Fantasy football, I saw a, a tweet the other day. Fantasy football, I believe it was Yahoo, actually has him projected for more points than rookie Kyle Pitts. So clearly they think he's going to have a pretty um, expansive role in this offense. Um, not a big guy by any stretch. I think he's only like 5'7". But uh, he can he can do open. He can get open, and he's uh, pretty dynamic in space once he gets there. My two big games, I week 7 versus the Texans. Um just because of J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins both being on this team and facing their old team. Um, And then I have Week 13. That's at Chicago off a bye. So a little bit later in the year, Chicago is going to be colder. Um, It's going to be a good crowd in Chicago. If the Cardinals want to prove that they are like a legit team, that's a game that they should be able to go into Chicago uh, and win, especially coming off their bye week. All right. Um, my third place team is your second place team. So we actually have the same fourth place team. I'm interested to hear what hear what you have about the Seahawks in a little bit. 
Um, but my third place team is the Niners coming in at 11 and six. Um, but I only have them going two and four in the division. That's why they get the three or the third place. But that they still make the playoffs with that record at the sixth seed. Like I said earlier, their over under is ten and a half. So I got eleven. Uh, you you had them at eleven and six as well, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. So we both got the over there. Um, my offense grade for this group, I'm gonna give them a B plus. The old saying. When you have two quarterbacks, you don't really have a quarterback. And I, I feel like they're just unsure kind of what to do. I think they want to play Trey Lance, but I feel like they got to play Jimmy. Uh, Trey's got that fin- finger injury right now as well, so we'll see um, how long that keeps him out. But I think they're both definitely going to play, whether Trey Lance is just in for running and stuff. Um, the big thing about him that a lot of the analysts were saying throughout the preseason was, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world, and he throws some absolute missiles, but – doesn't really have a, a good touch on his past yet. I, that, but that's something I think that you can just really learn by playing, uh, trying to learn how to fit it into different windows, different angles and whatnot. I think that's something you got to get just from playing. Uh, so he really benefited from the preseason. Um, I think he'll be starting by midseason, but I think Jimmy G will get the first crack at it. Because, um, I mean, when he's been in the lineup, but that's the big thing, when he's been in the lineup, uh, they've been one of the more effective offenses in the league and one of the better teams. I think he's 22 and eight as a starter in San Francisco. So, but anyways, uh, one of the more elite run games in the NFL, as you were talking about Raheem Mostert is a very good player, but he's another guy like Jimmy G frequently banged up, missed a lot of time last year with the ankle injury, but it seems like anyone who's kind of inserted into this, into this lineup in the running game has a, a good effect on the team. So if he gets banged up, I really like Trey Sermon, the rookie behind him. I think he could be, one of the top rookies, like if Moser goes down week two or week three, you could really see Sermon take the job and run with it. They signed Wayne Gallman in the offseason, but they then they cut him uh, last week during cutdown. So I think they have a lot of faith in Sermon there. Um, I like I really like their receivers and Ayuk and Samuel, just that duo and, and the things that they can do with the ball in their hands, whether it's screens, jet sweeps. Uh, Ayuk's a, a good route runner as well. Uh, they're just really effective and they're going to be able to hurt you in a multitude of ways. Uh, and then as you were talking about, George Kittle, um, top two or three tight end in the league. Um, and just this scheme, it, it just seems to make everyone have success in it, whoever's in it. Uh, defense graded B plus, uh, one of the better defensive lines in the league, headlined by Nick Boza and Eric Armstead. Uh, you're touching on second-year pro Javon Kinlaw. He's got to have a better year after trading DeForest Buckner pretty much for him. Um, they wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to f- afford Buckner with all their other good players. Um, but basically, they swapped those two out after trading that first, getting that first round pick for him. He needs to step up and have a better year. Uh, they gave Fred Warner a big contract. He's one of the better linebackers in the league, so that that's a, a short up position. Um, but the corners worry me here. Um, Richard Sherman's not there anymore. Jason Verrett's there, uh, but opposite opposite is Jason Verrett, who's been a real injury prone guy as well in the NFL. Uh, it's kind of an unknown over there, so. Jaquizki, Tar, and Jimmy Ward at safety are, are a very solid duo as well. Um, but the, the corners on this group were me. But if the defensive line can get enough pressure, I think they, they can sure up that spot of the defense. Uh, Coach Great, I gave Shanahan a B plus. I think he gets like a little too much credit. I mean, he's a very good offensive coach. His schemes seem to work. But really, everyone talks about him like he's – I think McVay is a better coach than him. But I think everyone talks about him in the elite stratosphere of, of the Andy Reeds and the Bill Belichick's. I mean, he did make it to one Super Bowl, but 
he hasn't been able to close uh, the big games on the stretch, I think. I mean, you saw the Super Bowl with the Falcons. You saw the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. I think it's time to kind of pump the brakes on him as one of these elite guys. He's a very good coach and a very good offensive coach. Uh, but let's see him win the big game before we kind of anoint him to to one of those top two or three in the league. Breakout player, running back Trey Sermon, coming into the draft. This was like my match made in heaven for this guy. I think he's a perfect fit for this zone running scheme. Uh, and he really impressed me down the stretch last year for uh, Ohio State. Bosard's uh, injury history, I think Sermon will have a good opportunity this year. Two big games. I got week seven versus the Colts. Uh, that's a primetime game. I forget if it was a Sunday or a Monday night. But that's coming off the bye. I think if he's not starting by then, I think that's the ideal time to get Trey Lance into the starting lineup full time. So we could be seeing that. And Week 10 versus the Rams, another primetime game. These two teams always have a, a good battle. Um, and it seems like the 49ers have been able to get the Rams number the past few years with Robert Sala's defense. Now that he's gone, I, I'm interested to see how D'Amico Ryan's unit looks against this Rams offense. Ryan, as a Raheem Mostert uh, fantasy owner, in multiple leagues, I don't like to hear you say that about Trey Sermon. I think Sermon's going to be a very good player. Uh, I mean, really anyone who's been in this this offense has really succeeded, but um, Mostert's injury history worries me. I think Sermon, if given the uh, the full opportunity, can take the job and, and run away with it. No pun intended there. All right. Well, I'll move on to my last place team then. Um, last place is a bit of a harsh word to describe the Seahawks because they're in last just because as a product of their division I have them going eight and nine uh two and four oh so they do not make the playoffs uh for the first time in what seems like forever and my often I don't have them as a, a terrible team to uh, keep that in mind but my offense grade I gave them a B um it may come as a surprise to some people but someone just has to finish last in this division I think the Seahawks are due for regression after all the one-score games, they just always seem to find a way to to win. Um, it just seems like every game last year, or over the past couple of years, it's been Russell Wilson coming back from behind uh, late in the game. And at some point, that just has to end. Um, but like I said, this isn't a bad offense by any stretch. I think Wilson is a top-five quarterback. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf are a proven impactful duo wide receiver. Gerald Everett and Will Disley are solid tight ends. And um, the contract dispute with Dwayne Brown ended this morning. But uh, so it's good, it's good to have him back. Hopefully he's not too behind the eight ball. Um, and the running back position for the Seahawks offense is, I would say, average uh, with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Um, but, yeah, it's not a bad offense, just a re- uh, result of the division that they play in that I have them going eight and nine. My defense grade, I gave them a B minus. Uh, it's not a legion of boom or doom or whatever they called it, but it's not a terrible defense either. Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs make up one of the better safety duos in the league, uh, but the corners here are a big question mark that I have. DJ Reed, Trey Flowers, and Markeer Blair most likely start the year. I don't know if that's good enough to get it done, specifically, specifically because I'm not entirely sold on their pass rush either. I mean, Bobby Bobby Wagner's as good as they come, but he's coming off a knee injury in the offseason. He's also on the other side of 30 now. Um, it's not a bad defense, but there's just some question marks here that make me look at the other teams in this division and say maybe they have the edge here over the Seahawks. I'm just most unsure about the Seahawks this year um, compared to any other team in this division. My coach grade, I gave Pete, Pete Carroll an A-minus. 
there was some talk between a rift between Wilson and Carroll in the offseason. That seems to have been squashed. Uh, Carroll's just another example of a guy who has sustained sustain success in the NFL, which is one of the hardest things in sports to do. So I can't give him anything less than an A- minus here. Uh, my breakout player is this was really tough because this is a very veteran-driven team. And Eagles fans, cover your ears or turn off the podcast now. The only option I see here is Sidney Jones, the uh, the cornerback. Um, that's mainly just because I think Trey Flowers is going to struggle a lot in the first few weeks of the season. And Jones may get his chance to to kind of prove and live up to the second-round pick that he, he once was. My two big games, I have week four at the 49ers. Um, just because, like I said earlier, the 49ers are one of the better teams that I have in the NFC this year. Um, so if the Seahawks want any shot of being at the top of this division, they'll have to take care of the divisional games. And then I have week 18 at Arizona um, because that's the team ahead of them in the standings. They're going 9-8. and eight. The Seahawks are going 8-9. and nine, And one of them is making the playoffs and one of them is not. Alrighty then. Well, I have the inevitable Seahawks finishing finishing last place as well. But this will be the first time this ever happened since no they just expanded to seven teams in the playoffs last year. I have the Seahawks going ten and seven, uh, three and three in the division, and that gets them the seventh seed in the NFC. So all four NFC West teams find their way into the playoffs. That's absurd. They're over under as 10, so I have them right there at 10. You got the under there. Um, Russell Wilson, I I heard this today. I I mean, probably should have known this already, but he has never had a losing season in his career. So uh, as long as he plays, I think the Seahawks will win at least nine games, get over 500. But um, I got them going 10 and 7 somehow with all all these teams making the playoffs. Probably won't shake out like this, but looking at the rest of the NFC, uh, I think you can make an argument that four of the top eight or nine teams are come out of this division. Um, the other wildcard teams I could have seen potentially making it were like the Vikings, maybe. Who knows if, if like the Eagles somehow or, or football team go win like 10 games, another team wins somehow finds a way to win nine. Maybe they get the seven seed. Uh, but as we talked about last saying, I'm very low on the NFC South, uh, the rest of the NFC North outside the Packers and the Vikings I'm low on. So, um, I think th- these are the four the four best uh, teams other than the, the other three division winners. So uh, I'll, get, I'll just go into my Seahawks take real quick. You kind of just really touched on everything. Uh, but offense, great. I'll give him a B plus. Russ is an elite QB, uh, elite wide receiver duo with Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, good running back, Chris Carson. He gets banged up time to time. Uh, if he goes down, we'll see if former first-round pick Rashad Penny can, can step up his play as he really hasn't found his way in the NFL yet. But – the poor offensive line is always kind of a question there in Seattle. You did say Dwayne Brown is back. Uh, that's big at, at left tackle, but the rest of that line is a big question mark as always. Uh, defense grade, I gave them a B, uh, a very bad pass rush. I, I'm not liking what I see on this defensive line. Um, LJ Collier, kind of only the, the only guy that would probably start for most other teams. That's kind of how I, I look at these groups. Um, and their pass rush is very poor, so – a very good safety duo, though, and Quandre Diggs, who's who's dealing with some contract stuff. I'm not sure if he'll be playing. Uh, and Jamal Adams, who just who just signed the big extension. Um, he's more of like a linebacker, like pass rusher, though. 
he's used a lot more down in the box, and Diggs is more of that ball-hawking type safety. But they form one of the better safety duos. Um, and then Bobby Wagner, as you said, on the on the wrong side at 30 now, but still, he's really shown no sign in declining his game. Still one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Most likely going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Uh, and then they got second-year linebacker Jordan Brooks, who we saw emerge over the second half and towards the end of last year. Uh, they felt comfortable enough letting KJ Wright go as he just signed with the Vi- or excuse me, the Raiders the other day. It uh, looks like Brooke, the duo at linebacker is going to be Brooks and Wagner. Um, I'm feeling pretty confident in that duo. Coach Crate, I give Carroll a B plus. Um, he always has his team winning football games, but I, I feel like they haven't succeeded as much as they should under Russ. I think he should have another Super Bowl title. I mean, we know what happened with that Patriots game, but if you take that one out, I think there's they are still over the years have had one of the better rosters in the league, um, and they haven't found a way to get it done other than that one time against the Broncos. So he also, I feel like flip flops his offensive. Uh, his mind and his strategy on offense too much. Uh, last year, Russ was playing really well at the beginning of the season. Then he really took took the ball out of his hands, tried to become a more run-happy team. Um, I think he needs to be a little bit more consistent on that side of the ball. Breakout player, I'm going with Jordan Brooks. As I said, they felt comfortable letting longtime linebacker K.J. Wright out the door. Um, I think Brooks is due for like a 90 to 100 tackle season um, alongside Bobby Wagner. I think he's going to be a very good sideline-to-sideline linebacker. He's a real uh, athletic specimen. My two big games, week 10 at the Packers. As I was saying last night with the Eagles-Falcons, I feel like the Seahawks-Packers has kind of formed into a mini rivalry as well. These two teams uh, always play play each other tough and always have some really good games. Uh, and then week 18 at the Cardinals, I have these two teams both making the playoffs, but given what happens throughout the season, um, we could see that be a potential game for a spot in the playoffs, whether it's at, at the division crown uh, or a wild card spot. So, all four NFC West teams making the playoffs, that would, that would be something to see. Uh, but I think they're four of the, t- the top seven teams in the NFC. Yeah, you're braver than I am to, to predict that. And, I mean, I could see it happening. I just think we haven't seen that for a reason. The, this division is going to beat up on, on one of the teams in it, or at least that's what I would think. But... We'll see. If that happens, that would be some call by you. Yeah, I mean, out of all these teams I, that I could see flopping the most, I, I would probably pick the Cardinals, my second-place team. Um, I feel like the Seahawks have just been too consistent. Um, but they, these teams are also all good enough where I think that they could, as long as they all like kind of split in the division, go 3-3, three and three, I think that they could beat up on uh, some of these other teams that, that they're playing outside of their, outside of their division. So, I don't know. It's going to be something to watch, but I think everyone can agree NFC West is the best division in football, um, and it's going to be a real battle for that number one spot in the conference uh, in the division this year. Uh, but that'll do it for the NFC West. Any last-second comments, Kev? Nope. I think we covered it all. All right. Sounds good. Well, this wraps up our division preview series. We got one more uh, preseason episode, uh, as we'll be doing that shortly, and we'll be recording uh, our playoff predictions. But with that being said, we will talk soon.